We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey there. We at Blue Wire just wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this podcast. We know everything outside is pretty scary and uncertain, but we're committed to helping you get through your day by talking about the sports and teams that you love most. If you're looking for more great podcasts to distract you, check out bluewirepods.com. Thanks for listening. Enjoy the podcast and stay safe. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one, Adams, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland, and as always, joined by Sean Siegel, the co-owner of Rotoviz. Sean, it's draft week, and it is actually possibly when people are listening to this, it could be draft day. It could be the day of NFL draft day round two. Who knows? But this one coming out a little bit later in the week. Uh, hopefully, the listeners are having a good week out there. Sean, uh, excited for the draft? Definitely. This is going to be, I think, one of the most anticipated and most fun drafts of all time within the context of what's going on out in the wider world. We can definitely use the distraction, definitely use the entertainment. And so I think anybody and and even non-NFL fans, I think, are going to be jazzed up for this particular draft weekend. Uh, Should be a lot of fun the have tons of information on the pods on the site the new volume of the dynasty commands and a rookie guy coming out shortly uh this is probably the best time of the fantasy season uh maybe except for those minutes there when week one actually kicks off so uh, yeah couldn't be more excited 
Yeah, and you, you, you mentioned, we mentioned this a lot on the show, Sean, the listeners, I don't know if they pick up on it sometimes. We generally say that this is the best time of the year, and it, that could be any time of the, the year, and that's because we love fantasy football all year round but as you mentioned when you come into like free agency through the draft and then the next kind of three four weeks when you do those rookie drafts this is kind of a a kind of two to three month period where there's just so much going on so much changing and you're kind of your teams are trying to be refreshed keep them evergreen and and keep positivity and uh, hope springs eternal i suppose at this time of the fantasy football calendar so really looking forward to the draft and uh, as i mentioned on the the show earlier this week we're going very very close to episode 100 of the podcast this one is episode 96 and as i mentioned on the show earlier in the week as well you have an opportunity as a loyal listener to get not just the 10% bonus that we normally talk about getting that discount. We're going to give away 10 one-month passes to our loyal listeners, but there is obviously going to be a little bit of a catch to that. There's a way to enter that competition, and that is by leaving a written and review on your favorite podcast app and then sharing the podcast on social media, whether that's by retweeting on Twitter, whether that's giving it a, a comment on Twitter to tell your friends to listen to the show, maybe tell them about our show or any of the other shows on the network as to, to why people should listen to them. And hopefully that's because there's excellent fantasy football related content that helps get you through your week and through your day so that is going to be 10 uh, one month given away and if you are already a subscriber one month added to that subscription if you're not already a subscriber a one month subscription to set you up get you in and get you using all the tools on the website and as always when we start the show as well you can still save yourself that 10 percent off by going to rotaviz.com forward slash podcast signing up for a rotaviz nfl pass getting yourself set up that way as well so lots of ways to get involved but we want to give a little back as we get close to episode 100 and that'll be running over the next couple of weeks the more times you you do those tweets i guess the more times i'll let you enter the competition keep spreading the word off the podcast and as always thanks for tuning in and listening in sean on today's show we're going to talk about a little bit of stuff that if you're listening just before the draft if you're listening just after the draft should all uh, be off benefit to you we're going to look at some second year running backs to target in dynasty and um, we're going to look a little bit later in the show then about some best ball drafts maybe we, we've talked quite a bit about those rounds kind of between rounds one and rounds eight we're going to look a little bit about between round nine and round 12 just a little bit of a different landing spot of players that we might like in that range so as we jump into it sean the second year running back somebody who i think if he had a landed in a different landing spot last year the perception around him would have been so much different uh, and that's tony pollard um off the uh, dallas cowboys what's your thoughts um obviously he's behind ezekiel elliott we're going to have him held there behind ezekiel elliott probably will never be the lead back in dallas is he somebody who you'd be targeting obviously in case there's an injury to elliott but more so for when he might move on to uh you know different pastures and get get an opportunity as a lead back Pollard is a tricky one, right? Anytime that you have these guys who are clear backups and don't have a path to the big numbers without injury, I think that changes a little bit the way that you're looking. And we talk so much and have talked so much over the years about zero running back. I like for there to be multiple paths. We have this idea of, okay, there are injuries at the running back position, certainly those running backs who have the highest touch loads uh, tend to have the injuries disproportionately and so there is opportunity here for pollard to come through with an injury i like to be targeting people who could come through with an injury but you don't have to root for that and certainly not that we're rooting for injuries but you wouldn't need to get that scenario at all someone who could win the job outright who has some standalone value having said that 
Pollard is a very interesting guy. All right, Sam has a, a cool article here looking at it. He points out that when he gets at least two receptions last year, there were four games like that, and he scored more than 16 points per game. You look at the out of that out of split, and again, these are cool numbers that come from the Rotoviz Game Splits app, uh, down just over two points per game. Also points out here that Curtis Patrick, our dynasty coordinator, has labeled him a dynasty trade target and pointed out that he was the only rookie running back who was positive in terms of fantasy points over expectation. So scored more points than his touches would have suggested as both a rusher and a receiver. We talked on the show about how uh, Blair has a lot of cool research showing that that's actually very, very positive. You do want to chase efficiency from these rookie running back seasons. And we got to see that from Pollard as a guy who can be explosive. So if Elliott were to go down, you have the type of running back where he probably wouldn't get that same touch load, but the touches that he had would be very, very high value. Now, given that the standalone value probably doesn't help you in a normal redraft situation, it's going to only be uh, viable in best ball. When we're looking at redraft picks here, or when you're looking at dynasty picks to where it's not a best ball situation, Colm, are you going for a guy here who is buried behind Elliot, or are you buying this uh, fantastic profile that he flashed in spurts when he got on the field last season as a rookie? So that's where I'm a little bit stuck when it comes to uh, when it comes to Pollard. He's somebody who, when you've seen him on the field, just looks spectacular in the opportunities he got. But the opportunities were so limited. And then you know when you're behind somebody like Elliot, you know there's only a couple of backs in the NFL that are going to get you know seventy five to. 85% of the work and then you have Christian McCaffrey who gets like 97% of the work when you look through it there's not many guys who are going to just get that huge volume now maybe they pair that down a little bit on Elliot but I think it's going to be a situation where they probably do something similar with Elliot and it's going to be hard unless there's an injury now we'll obviously get a situation where he might get those targets but the targets are still going to be you know on a limited basis you know when you have Elliot also getting those targets I think the thing to to look into here is you know the head coach now is Mike McCarthy Mike McCarthy former Green Bay Packers coach not it'll not be the same situation but you know the uses that we've seen of uh, Aaron Jones in his first year at the Packers and his second year at the Packers when uh, Mike McCarthy was the head coach in both of those situations where we've seen him kind of get limited opportunities but be able to make huge strides with them um we never really got the chance to see what Aaron Jones could really do until Mike McCarthy was out of town. Now, that could be a coincidence. In my opinion, there's part of that that's also um, down to whether it was him or the, the offensive coordinator at the time uh, with the Packers that limited those opportunities. And I think we could see something similar with Tro- uh, uh, Tony Pollard. I would love to see him get a little bit more of the pie, but that would be my main concern. Now, if you're talking about baseball, you mentioned the split that obviously – uh and those four games out of the 14 games but there is a drastic difference between the points there's 16 points per, per ppr in those four games and there's only 2.3 points per game and those other 10 games so it is something that if you're in baseball you can take those opportunities it's going to be a little bit more difficult uh, when it's in dynasty but the thing with it is i think long term i still think if he can do what he did last year and then maybe get an opportunity but you're obviously going to be waiting another uh two years for that to happen so 
and and that situation of a trade target, I think it's very interesting. I'm not expecting a huge increase in his work for 2020. Do you think we could see a bump in, in those opportunities to take them away from Elliot? I think we'll see a bump, and I think that he'll be a good fit for what they want to do. That's one of the reasons why Elliot, I think, is not as exciting a player when you consider what you have to pay. Certainly, if price is not an option, then you would want Ezekiel Elliott on every fantasy team. When you look at the price, I don't think he's as appealing an option as some other guys there because he's going to lose a little bit. But Pollard, for me, is still, I think, a little bit of a hold as opposed to a buy or a sell. Uh, Certainly a lot of enthusiasm around him, and I can see that uh, he was very expensive in a startup auction that I participated in last week. Uh, Some of my favorite guys bidding on him there. And so I know that there's a lot of enthusiasm for that role certainly he could be a guy where we look back at the end of the season and say well you know you got this year's james connor speaking of the version of james connor we got a couple years ago or this year's Devonte freeman when freeman was the number one running back in football no one's going to be the number one running back out of this backfield i don't believe with mccaffrey and barkley in place but certainly the upside is there we go to the second running back that Sam pulls out, and I guess I'm even more excited for this guy, even though there are perhaps more red flags, more tricky elements, and that's Justice Hill, right? We have someone who had over a thousand rushing yards as a freshman at Oklahoma State, a situation where you know he's competing with Chris Carson there. And we know what Chris Carson has been able to do as an NFL player. One of the better running backs in the NFL started there for the Seahawks. A good value pick even, I think, this year in fantasy football. In that second season, he goes over 1,400 yards rushing, adds another almost 200 as a receiver, and then banged up a little bit in his final season. Gets drafted in this situation with the Ravens where you have Lamar Jackson carrying the ball. You have Mark Ingram finishing up his career in an impressive way. You have Gus Edwards who can take those early down touches if something happens to Mark Ingram. And so what do we have left here? Now, Sam points out Ravens, the most run-heavy team of football in 2019, wasn't even close, right? Averaged 35 rushing plays per 60 minutes of football. You can go into our snap explorer and look at all of the different uh ways that teams played that the time to snap the number of snaps that they had rushing plays passing plays uh what the breakdown was percentage wise the number of penalties all those different kinds of things so you can go in there you look at that you see that the ravens had a lot of running plays but one of the concerns i think is that there's not necessarily a lot of passing value specifically to the running backs now justice hill may be not the elite passing down running back that some aspects of his profile might suggest and so i'm wondering here am i too excited about hill we know that he was the most athletic running back in last year's draft he had the 95th percentile 40 yard dash the 95th percentile uh, vertical broad jump combined he's an explosive athlete he's the guy who could be the running back version of Marquise Brown for the Ravens. And yet uh, there's so much congestion here. And we even see mock drafts where the Ravens are slated to add another running back to the stable. 
Yeah, the concern here would be, um, well, if that happened, it would be very concerning. But, you know, if you remember back to last year's shows after he was drafted, um, obviously Mark Ingram was there uh, in front of him after Freds and everything had happened at that stage. But we were super excited about Justice Hill and what his opportunities were. We thought that he could, as the season went on, uh, you know, get a real edge in this team and, and start to get a real workload now that didn't really happen the way we expected it to happen uh, ingram did have a, a career high 15 touchdowns last season that was something that me and me and you personally definitely didn't expect to happen after he, he left the saints offense um so when we're looking at it now he is over 30 that production he had last year is very impressive i don't expect that to happen going forward i didn't expect it to happen last year so people might say that you were wrong last year column you might be wrong again this year but when i look at this situation i think that we're we're looking at the younger running backs getting the, the opportunity now gus edwards uh, is, is there as well there probably will be at least three running backs on this roster but i think hill can make that that second year jump you know when you look through uh you mentioned his measurables you know phenomenal phenomenal athlete um, and I, I think that we have a, a chance here for him to go in when you look at how the season finished up last year he never really got a, a strong workload throughout the season when we got into those last couple of weeks so he did finish the season with a, t- uh, a touchdown week 16 and week 17 uh, week 17 was actually his highest carries on the season now that might have been down to the fact that a lot of that offense was being rested because the the team obviously had had jumped ahead but he did get an opportunity to try and put some work in there uh, and then in the playoffs while he had no rushing attempts in the playoffs he did have five targets four receptions uh, which was his highest on the season as well so some little bright things there to, to grab towards but um, I, I think you know with his athletic profile with the speed that you, you kind of mentioned there with you know him and Marquise Brown and then you have Lamar Jackson there's a lot of speed starting to happen on that offense uh, and I, I, I think that you know as I, I just have to imagine the team would be better with him leading the way than Mark Ingram but uh, whether the team sees it the same way and especially after the production that Ingram had last season um, that might be a little bit difficult but he is somebody who I'm, I'm very interested in still have him still on, on quite a few rosters from last season. With currently no NBA, NHL or MLB, you might be thinking there's nothing to bet on. Well, you'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner, Bet Online, still has hundreds of events, games and props for you to wager on. From their online casino to poker and blackjack, they're bringing Vegas to you. Missing the NFL? No problem. Bet Online has live daily Madden NFL 20 simulations you can bet on. And of course, we have the NFL draft coming up this week. Make sure you get in there. Lots of different props. I know Hassan and Blair did show a couple of weeks ago talking about some of those uh, i think that is a cool way to get in on the, the draft make it a little bit more interesting you can also bet on survivor big brother american idol the stock market and even nathan's hot dog eating competition all open 24 hours a day and all online use the promo code blue wire while joining today to receive your welcome bonus once again that is bet online your online wagering solution so we're going to look at a piece now, Sean, by Tyler Lochner. Um, this is obviously for pre-NFL draft. Some people obviously will be listening to this maybe even during the draft, maybe after the draft. But I think a lot of the situations we're going to talk about today might still be very, very similar unless we're into the, the later stages of the draft. And even then, it's always fun to listen along and see if we were right or if we were wrong. So uh, we're going to talk about best ball draft. It's going to, again, best ball and regular drafting at when you're at that kind of 9 through 12 stage can be can be slightly similar to just your standard rankings of some of those redraft players so uh, Tyler has done some good 
pieces up on the site over the last week he's looked at rounds one to four rounds five to nine and, and rounds nine to twelve as well um now when we look into it sean i, I always like to let you go first but um he, he's done those those picks and and those three or four rounds is there one of them that you wanted to highlight i know we kind of teased two of them on, on the show earlier in the week yeah so let's just jump right into round nine here where tyler has been a tom brady guy he's gotten you uh, up to date on exactly what was going to happen with Brady pre-free agency, what the ramifications of his landing spot with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers was. And certainly I think most of us think it's very, very exciting. We've talked about in this round nine area, the Van Ball roster construction explorer wants us to really consider quarterbacks and wants us to consider taking multiple quarterbacks in that window. And Brady's the guy we mentioned as a possibility here tyler loves him certainly you have mike evans and chris godwin is this a situation where you would go quarterback in round nine and we've discussed this a little bit in the past but if you do it, it seems like tom brady is the guy is that right i think it is and you know this is the situation sean where uh you know best ball versus dynasty you know in dynasty nobody's going to want any tom brady shares i don't think unless like him we think he's going to, to play till he's you know 50 years old but when it comes to basketball and when it comes to uh, redraft he's somebody who i think is a very interesting uh, target um you know when you have those two wide receivers who are are both looking to be wide receiver ones i think if either of them are a wide receiver like if, if both of them are outside of the wide receiver two come the end of the season i think we'll we'll all be disappointed those guys in both dynasty and in redraft are absolute uh, studs they're really up at the the top end of the value chart so i think when you have the quarterback who's gonna be making plays to get them those fantasy points that we're expecting i think he's definitely a value target at this point you've talked about uh you know in the best ball workshop pieces about the value of you know targeting players in this range i think if he was in new england i don't think we'd be targeting him at this point but i think you know the, the 13th quarterback off the board at that point is, is certainly a value and just the the appeal of it is uh the situation that he's going into with those wide receivers you know Tom Brady has had good wide receivers at certain points of his career. I don't know if he's ever had two wide receivers as good as the two wide receivers he's going to have here uh, in Tampa. And I think that leads to a, a really interesting opportunity um, for him and for uh, fantasy football players as well. Yeah, you mentioned how good the receivers are. And, and with how he left the Patriots, certainly I think we're going to see him try to put up that 2007 season again, that Moss. Just run around, Brady. I don't know. Maybe you haven't seen it. Did you hear Tom Brady on Howard Stern? I, I, I heard some of the outtakes. Yeah, I, I listened to the whole interview. Uh, I thought it was tremendous because it's just you never see that side of Tom Brady. It was, uh, you know, just a completely different side. It was like a guy who has been released into, you know, uh, into freedom after being locked up. Obviously, you can't say he was locked up. He's won a, a bunch of Super Bowls, but I think it was just, uh, it was really cool to see a different side of him. So, and I think, like you mentioned, leaving that situation and maybe people thinking that he's done and dusted, I think there's going to be every opportunity here that he he really puts uh and he's always gonna put in that maximum effort but to, to get those maximum results and show people that things aren't finished i actually seen a report uh over the last couple of days that he was uh, training in the park in tampa and the park was obviously locked because of uh, the pandemic uh, so he had to get kicked out of the park so he's obviously putting in the hours to try and get try and get in the best situation possible well, certainly. And and one of the things with Brady and with some Brady offenses in the past is we know that 
he's going to go after it here. Bruce Arians, the perfect head coach for uh, having one of these seasons where you throw a caution to the wind and score a bunch of points. Now, certainly they don't want to throw a caution to the wind quite as much as Jameis Winston uh, threw caution to the opponents last year. But (laughs) this team has the chance, you know, with these wide receivers you mentioned to have that Moss Welker, just massive blow up type of campaign. And you mentioned in Dynasty, uh, in super flex leagues, you can do a lot worse than go after someone who wants to play for several more seasons. He might give you those high end numbers for a while, at least a chance to bridge to whoever your next people are. Speaking of some older players, in round 10, Tyler likes us to go with emmanuel sanders now uh, this is a situation here where sanders had three points three games last season with at least 24 points across two different teams now he had a lot of games with 10 points or fewer even a shocking number of games with five points or fewer but now in this situation where he gets to play second fiddle to michael thomas he gets to be in this offense with drew Brees. Even though he's a little bit older, even though the Saints, I think, are very likely to add another wide receiver and have a pretty crowded, just uh, suddenly, with the additions they're making, a pretty crowded depth chart behind Thomas uh, Sanders, certainly with that blow-up potential. Uh, Tyler points out how he had a 17% target share last year in San Francisco, but that equated to only 5.3 targets per game because of their low-volume passing offense. A 17% target share in New Orleans will be a full target more per game. You might see more efficiency. You could see him jump up to a 20% target share, which would give him two more targets per game. Suddenly, here in round 10, you have a league winner. Is that what you're expecting from Sanders? Or uh, like we talked about on the show on Tuesday, is it more that a rookie like Rager or Chenault or someone else will come in and be not necessarily the number two, but someone who takes enough volume away for this to not be the play? Yeah, this one, this one for me, I could see the the reasoning behind it. This one for me is one that I'd be a little bit more concerned about. Uh, you know, in terms of at the moment, it's a, a good landing spot for him. But we talked uh, about landing spots for some of these rookies, and if some of them were to land down, especially in those earlier picks, it would be a concern. The, the inconsistency last year as well. I've hinted on it a couple of times when we talked about George Kittle. The second half of the season was in San Francisco, so there was kind of a feast or famine in terms of uh, pass catchers um, in that offense. It was a huge amount of work being done by the running backs. Um, the, the the most impressive thing last year about Sanders was the fact that he came back from that uh, Achilles injury uh, and was back and, and ready to go. I, I really didn't expect even this much from him. But if we look at it, the, the inconsistency is what would be scary in terms of we only really seen three weeks of, of real production, two weeks then uh, of, of wide receiver two production. So there is a concern. He was a wide receiver three or less in 71% of the games last season. Um, we know Michael Thomas is going to get his. Um, the concern then is if, if a rookie comes in here. Now, if no rookie comes in over the, the first couple of days of the draft, uh, maybe maybe we'll revisit this. But at the moment, uh, there's, there's quite a few players in that range you know and that nine through 10 through 11 range at wide receiver who i would be jumping towards a little bit more one of those guys is the guy we're going to talk about now actually who is going in that 11th round um, and if you're loading up on those kind of high profile wide receivers in those first four or five rounds as we we go through it maybe get a tight end sprinkled in there as well maybe we're waiting then to somebody like mike williams um who who would be going in this range he's not my favorite target in this area but 
uh, he, he certainly is somebody who in baseball particularly um, is, is interesting and while his production last year wasn't all that exciting it is still more production than we we got in the situation uh, from Sanders although his weeks uh, as a wide receiver three are very similar the, the wide receiver production at wide receiver three that he has is much closer to 10 points than than Sanders who a lot of those weeks you were sitting with you know less than less than five points from from Sanders so not huge differences but Williams is somebody in that region that I would be looking to um you know he he ranked second in air yards last season uh, at 17.7 per target um he's been kind of knocking on a, a breakout here for a couple of years he's had the touchdown upside last year he he really was struggling to get those touchdowns previous to that that was where he was getting a lot of his production um it's gonna be interesting to see what they do at the quarterback position if you're listening to this after the draft they may have gone qb in round one we'll see what happens what happens there but is is, is williams somebody who interests you in that in that range or have you somebody else in that area at the wide receiver position he's an interesting guy because he's one of these players who came into the nfl uh, overdrafted by quite a bit one of the red flag guys as we talked about how there are some red flag guys in this year's draft in the show on tuesday However, as his career has progressed, I think he's gotten to be relatively inexpensive compared to what he offers. Now, you mentioned that he had the second deepest depth of target last season, and you would think that with his profile, he'd be a little bit more of a feast or famous player. But as you were also alluding to, uh, that wasn't actually the case last year. Without those touchdowns, he didn't have any wide receiver one games, but he had a bunch of games with 10 plus. Now, the offense in the quarterback situation makes this a real wild card tyler points out that if the situation uh, was more settled at qb he would be going a little bit earlier i think that either of the qb scenarios are actually fine for him they may actually hold him down a little bit more in 2020 which again if you're playing best ball for this season uh, is a little bit more of a concern certainly i think still a good dynasty acquisition where you have this player who at some point now i don't think that he is the level of player at keenan as keenan allen is however there will be a point in their careers where he probably goes ahead of him for a season or two as he's still sort of in the middle portion of his career where allen moving down toward the end or at the very least both of them could play well very different skill sets and i think an offense going forward that may play better to both of their skill sets than the one last year which was heavily oriented toward those running back passing attempts with philip rivers being someone who still could move the ball but didn't necessarily have the arm strength really tar- targeted eckler and gordon uh at a much higher rate than i would expect either of the quarterback options to do this season so with that potential breakout upside that you get basically for free with where you're drafting him right now where you're drafting him you're going to get the kind of results that you've gotten for the last two seasons there's that possibility for the breakout the possibility that he's a great fit for tyrod taylor if that's whom they decide to stay with and so williams is definitely someone i'm trying to pick up more and more shares of uh but being very aware of cost as we do so because the ceiling there and certainly some of the red flags are something to to take into account. By contrast, we go into round 12 where we have a boring player, and Tyler points that out as a real positive here because people are not going to be fighting you for him, and an underneath threat, but an underneath threat who actually had the big games last season as contrasted with our deep threat who did not 
So his guy here, we've teased it. Jamison Crowder actually had five games last season with 19 or more points. Another game in there at 18.6. Another game in there at 15.8. And peripherals galore that you can pick out in terms of top games over the last several seasons. We talked about opportunity scores on Tuesday. We talked about the Jets adding another wide receiver to go with Crowder and Brashad Perryman. We talked about uh, finally getting that Sam Darnold leap. With all of those things going into the equation, is Crowder a guy you like here in round 12? Crowder is somebody who is very interesting. You mentioned, uh, you know, how he's describing this as a, a born player. He kind of, it always reminds me somewhat of uh, like a, a Jarvis Landry clone, almost. The you know playing that underneath, right? And I think I mentioned the the possibility of the Jets being a very good landing spot for a rookie wide receiver in this draft, and I think that's still the case that we can have a situation where Crowder can be productive, Perryman can be productive. I'm not on board the Perryman train uh, but I think Crowder will be productive in this offense and I think a rookie could come in and be productive as well because I think you can look at the two outside wide receivers you can have Jamison Crowder and you know we'll see what happens with Hendren I'm still going to stay on that hill but I think this offense can be much more well-rounded this off or this season uh, disappointing to see them move on from Robbie Anderson but I think looking at last season you know watching those Jets games the amount of times that Crowder popped up as the go-to guy the guy who was able to get it done in the tough situations on third downs it was Jameson Crowder uh, that Darnold was looking to uh, and as I mentioned I still think Darnold will make that jump forward so when you look at it as well last year you mentioned like some of the positives but he's going off at wide receiver 48 last year he was a top 12 wide receiver on 31 percent of the games um you know the way it's laid out here uh, he was uh, a top 20 wide receiver and 44 percent of the games which is seven games and he was basically half and half for being uh, ahead of wide receiver 48 so at his current adp there's there's value to be had there um, and, he, and especially in best ball there's gonna be those upside weeks because he is somebody who's proven whether it was with washington or was it with new york that he can get it done in the red zone um he's you know he's one of those players he's never gonna be the most exciting like we kind of hinted at but the production is there and if you're in round 12 and you can pick up uh, jameson crowder and you get you know four to seven games of what he did last year in those similar situations i think you're you're getting an extreme value there um and his target share last year obviously is it kind of hinted at what the third down that he was getting uh 25 of the target share so uh, you can see that the team has has belief in him and he's been able to be productive with that so um i, I think that he's somebody who's, who's very interesting and it's going to end up on a, a lot of my rosters heading in uh, even if the jets take a wide receiver um at an early spot in this draft and i guess if they don't take a wide receiver receiver early is going to even boost that a little bit higher um but i think for the the overall team i think that wide receiver coming in would be would be a boost and as i mentioned earlier uh, as we were discussing the piece tyler has up uh, a couple of other articles covering the other rounds of the draft is the early rounds and the mid rounds and then this one nine through twelve so head on over check out those other two have a read through this piece as well we covered it um, you know pretty much as a broad overview but there is some other interesting stats in there as well so check them out good work by Tyler up on the website. 
But um, that's going to do it for today's edition of the show. The draft is likely going on now. Maybe there's a day gone. Whatever way it sits at this current situation, we hope you are enjoying the draft process, um, enjoying the podcast. And as I mentioned earlier in the show, we will be giving away those 10 one-month passes. So make sure you head on over, give us a rating after you listen to the show. Uh, give us a, a, a little share on Twitter or social media uh, and help us grow the podcast and the podcast network. Uh, and we do thank you uh, as you tune in for each and every show. Until we're back with another one, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. Joined as always by Sean Siegel of Rotoviz.com. And until we're back next week, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz at a 30% discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.